0: This is Self Work, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. At Self Work, we'll discuss psychological and emotional issues common in today's world and what to do about them. I'm Dr. Margaret, and Self Work is a podcast dedicated to you taking just a few minutes today for your own Self Work. Hello, and welcome or welcome back to Self Work. I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford, a clinical psychologist out of Fayetteville, Arkansas, And the team and I are on a little vacation until November the 13th when we'll bring you again an original self-work podcast. But I went through the first 100 podcasts and picked either ones that were some of my own personal favorites or ones that are really very how-to. And we'll actually bring you two of them a week always with the idea of reaching out to those of you who are already comfortable with psychological and emotional issues, perhaps you're in therapy, to those of you who've just been diagnosed with something and you're looking for answers, or for those of you who wouldn't darken the door of a therapist's office, but you might just be curious enough to listen to a podcast like Self Work. So here's the rundown. The first will be Tina Turner Takes a Seat, and that's all about me, actually. I'm Tina Turner. <laughs> Although that's a little bit hard to believe. But it's all about handling aging gracefully. The next is how to learn from a mistake. And there's some very basic tips I give you there. Then another how-to the day before Halloween. Three very practical exercises to increase your self-esteem. If you've been listening to self-work for a while, you know I'm all about what you can do about it. And so this gets very specific. On the anniversary of Perfectly Hidden Depression coming out, I pulled a podcast about answering your questions about Perfectly Hidden Depression, and they were great questions. I can't believe the book's been out a year. The next is the day of the election, and I decided to republish an episode called Kindness Matters. I'm remembering someone in this episode who was very kind to me during a particularly chaotic part of my life. The next is another how-to How to Become an Emotional Grown-Up, and many of you have told me that this particular episode really applied to you and your life. And then the last is right before we come back on, all about the victim-savior relationship. A lot of you wanted to know more about that when I recorded the Trauma Bond podcast just a few weeks ago, so I decided to pull it back up for you. So I hope you enjoy listening to these podcasts. Again, we'll be back with fresh shows on november the 13th but we're having a little bit of rest and vacay as they say <laughs> but before i sign off i would like you to hear this offer from better help a sponsor of the self-work podcast and who i'm delighted to have on board they've got a special offer for you When I was approached by BetterHelp now several months ago, COVID hadn't emerged and I'd maybe conducted a handful of telehealth sessions, mostly when someone was sick and couldn't make it into the office. Now, five months later, I'm even more of a believer in telehealth. It took some getting used to, but actually clients sometimes seem more relaxed. It fits better into their schedule. And although many have told me they miss seeing me in person, it's still been a very fulfilling relationship. I've even started new patients, and they've told me they had positive experiences, so we've never actually met in person. BetterHelp is rated the number one online therapy service that's available to you wherever you live. Confidential and highly personalized, it's much less expensive than normal talk therapy. You can text, have video chats, or just talk on the phone. You outline what you're looking for and BetterHelp suggests several therapist options for you. If you don't seem to find a way to connect with one, they'll ask you more about what you're looking for and then suggest others. I, of course, tried it out before I was going to recommend it to you, and the two therapists I had sessions with listened well and made great suggestions for me, and one said, actually, I might make myself. I talked about my own panic disorder and a very scary situation I'd been through, and they were caring and thoughtful. And I was amazed at how easy it was to get in touch with them to make time changes, for example. Although BetterHelp can't be there in emergencies, nor could any online provider, they have all kinds of information about what you can do in that special circumstance. And today, BetterHelp has a great savings offer for you. If you use the link, trybetterhelp.com slash selfwork again, that's trybetterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash selfwork, you can enjoy a 10% discount on your first month of sessions. After five months of seeing how people relate to telehealth, I'd highly recommend it. If selfwork has helped you, maybe BetterHelp can give you an even more personal experience. With therapy. And so now we'll focus on the topic of the day. Take care. I'm Dr. Margaret, and I'll see you November the 13th. Not only do some people fear aging, a lot of people are terrified. Of aging. It can happen no matter the decade you're in. Sometimes people turning 30 just think that something dreadful has happened, or 40, or 50, or 60. You don't know if you're going to have enough money. You don't know if your body will hold up. You fear being lonely. You fear changes that are occurring. You fear being unhappy with the person you're with, but you also fear not being important to anyone anymore or walking into a room and feeling that you no longer make a difference, that you no longer fit in. You can feel really out of control or even invisible. But there are ways to combat this fear, and I think it takes an attitude change. We're going to be talking about aging in families, or perhaps I should say aging in healthy families Years ago, I heard an analogy about what good psychological health looked like in families. It was actually the topic of a guy who ran a bunch of nursing homes, or now we call them assisted living homes, and he was stressing the importance of the person in assisted living feeling important to the family, but he played this whole thing out with an analogy. Think about it as if that family story is being played out on a stage. The central characters of the play are the parents. They speak the main lines. They have the most to do with what the play about. The play, on that stage at least, is centered around them. Now their children run around downstage in front of the audience looking kind of cute, reciting a one-liner or two and getting lots of applause. But what about the grandparents? What role do they play? Why aren't they center stage? On this stage, their role becomes special appearance by. These days, it would be played by someone like Morgan Freeman or Meryl Streep. Their appearance again in a healthy family could make a marked difference in the play They could be vital to the storyline. But they step down or step back from the central role in that family. They move over. They're no longer star of the show. What does that look like? The older generation supports and recognizes the need for their now very adult kids to become center stage, to have their own time in the spotlight. Now, on another stage, their own stage with their own peers or in the community, they are and should be the central characters. But often, people are so afraid of aging, they won't step back. Maybe you're struggling with this. Maybe you have parents who are struggling with this. Maybe you have some friends whose parents are struggling with this. So when it's not working well, you might hear something like this or say it yourself. We have to go to Mother's for Christmas. You know, I'd really like to stay home and create rituals for my own children. Or something like, Dad gets furious if I don't check with him before I invest in the stock market. Or, I'm in my 30s and Mom still tells me what I should wear. These parents aren't letting go of the centrality of their role. It's like they can't step back into that special appearance by role. And that's simply not fair to the rest of the family. Of course, there are special circumstances where adult kids haven't matured and they remain needy, or perhaps you're a parent who're rearing your children's children. But healthier parents let go. They accept that they now serve a different role in their children's lives. That's what Empty Nest is all about, right? You back up, let go. Letting go takes awareness and intention. So now, of course, I've got a personal story (laughs) to share with you because it was the first time that I recognized that I needed to follow this advice myself. It was at the reception after my oldest nephew's wedding and I was doing my best Tina Turner (laughs) imitation, which I actually love to do. When I suddenly remembered the above analogy, I looked around, and I was the only older adult. They were adults when they got married, but I was the only older adult dancing. So what did I do? I sat down, a little damp, and watched the bride and groom and their wedding party frolic their way through more of the evening. In fact, they did some sort of special dance that was all choreographed. It was really cool. It happens at a lot of weddings now. At that moment, I must admit, I felt a little lost, like somehow I was now on the edge of life looking on while others, quote-unquote, lived. It felt odd, like a, a new toothbrush before you get used to using it, and I wondered if I looked old sitting on the sidelines. But what I figured out now, and it didn't take me long, thank goodness, then, what you figure out is the gift you do bring What is special about your appearance in the play? Since that wedding, this awareness has become more important to me to have because my own child has graduated from college and moved to California. My nephew's families grow and weave in and out of my own life. So all of it takes an attitude change really for all of us. I'm not in charge, but I can also give the gift of my interest, my awareness, and my experience if asked. Some of that obviously takes belief in your own worth, but I promise you, you're not going to achieve a greater sense of worth if the only reason your family is coming to your house for the holidays is because you make them. That's not going to make anyone happy. And if you're a younger person listening to this, dealing with this in a family is very important, finding a way to let your parents or even your grandparents know, I love you, but I want to set up my own rituals at my own house. Let me host you this time. It's a huge change in a family when that occurs. But I again became even more personally aware of the gifts that the older generation can bring. My Aunt Mary, a woman who was in her late 80s at the time of this story, came to a baby shower that we gave for the same couple from the wedding, pregnant with their first child. I'd cooked jambalaya and had a table piled high with other dishes. And I served it with a big ladle from the table and jeans and an apron. But sentimentally, I'd also used my mom's favorite silver decorative piece in the middle of the table and some of her serving pieces. My mother was no longer alive at that time. Later that day, I called Aunt Mary to thank her for coming. What she said brought really quick tears to my eyes. I noticed all of your mother's things. She would have been so proud of you today. And then she said something I was only beginning to figure out and what I'm talking to you about today. She said, I realized today that I was there for you, not for the new parents, but for you. Now, I can be sarcastic when I feel sentimental or when I'm touched. And so my quick reply was to remind her that my mother would have wondered why I didn't have the party catered and would have been more dismayed that I wasn't wearing heels and hose. But you know, Aunt Mary was right. She would have been proud. No one could have given me that gift except my Aunt Mary. Her appearance had been very, very special. So as you age, look for what you have, really, no matter what your generation Look for what you have, not what you've lost, what your role can be, not what it was, who you are now, not who you were. Our email from a listener today is someone who has been dating a man for quite a while, but has not yet met his children. So here we go. Hello, I really enjoy your podcast. I'm in my third year of graduate school studying counseling, so the podcast is helpful for me both personally and professionally. By the way, several comments and emails have told me that several therapists listen or people studying psychology, and that just tickles me. So back to her email. I'm writing to see if you have any guidance or resources related to meeting the children of a widower. I met my boyfriend about 11 months ago. We connected instantly and have been enjoying each other since. It's really wonderful. I'm 36 and have been divorced for about four years. My boyfriend, who is a bit older than me, his late wife had cancer for seven years. And he's told me that he experienced a lot of anticipatory grief. We met only a month and a half after she died The one-year anniversary of her death was last weekend. He has two children, both of whom were adopted. They are 13 and 10. Though I've not met them, I feel like I know them because I hear so much about them. I really care about them, even though I haven't met them. He's told me that he wants me to meet them, but he doesn't know how to introduce them to me or the idea of me. He's really trying hard to do what is best, and I certainly respect that. I do feel a bit of shame when people ask if I've met them, and I have to answer no. I project onto others that they take that to mean that we aren't very serious. I know that he does want me to meet them. He's just trying to do what's best for them and protect them from any more pain or confusion. I don't have any children. I'm pretty obsessed with my cats. I always thought I would be a mom. My ex-husband and I were married for quite a bit, At this point, I'm not sure that I want to have biological children, but I'm also confused about this. I'm very open to being a mother figure or whatever that might look like to these children. Do you have any recommendations for meeting the kids? Thank you so much. I thought this was a very interesting email and probably one that a lot of you can relate to. So here's my answer. Hello, first of all, you and your boyfriend are doing a lot of things right in my book. Waiting and giving the children time to experience their own grief has been important, and an introduction to you might have been really hard on them. I can hear that's been hard for the two of you, but I think you'll be glad in the long run. They probably didn't understand what was happening to their mom, so their loss was very raw and fresh, even though your boyfriend tended to anticipate her death. You're doing what you can to set things up for success. I've worked with several people who are in a similar situation, not all widows or widowers, but meeting soon after a marriage has ended. What has happened in those cases is that gradually you're introduced into the family as dad's friend or mom's friend. My advice would be to allow them to form their own relationship with you. They've already had to cope with being adopted or the loss of the biological parent. Now the loss of their mom. I take plenty of time for this to occur. There's nothing to be ashamed of at all. As far as having your own biological children, that's obviously an important choice. I'm sure you've talked with your boyfriend about it, and you don't say why his children were adopted. Perhaps he can't have any, but that's a whole nother topic, and one that could add stress to your relationship with his children and certainly between the two of you. For example, you needing them to love you. So I'd highly recommend that you and your boyfriend talk that issue out. You want to make sure that 10 years from now, you don't regret that choice, or at least as best as you can predict that. I don't know any books, but I'm sure they're out there somewhere. So good luck to you, and I hope that's helpful. Again, letting children take the time they need to get used to a death or a divorce is so important. A lot of times the person that wants the divorce will justify their actions and the speed with which they divorced saying, oh, the kids will be fine. The kids will be fine. And actually the kids will act fine because they want to please you. They want to please their parent. So it's so important to wait and to give them time to adjust so that they can welcome your new partner in, in their own hearts, before they learn someone has become an important part of their life suddenly, without them making a choice. I hope that's helpful to all of you. Thank you for listening to Self Work. I want to invite you to a new Facebook group that I have. I have about 325 members now, somewhere around in there. It's mostly women, a handful of men. Men are welcome. But we're going to be talking about depression, anxiety, perfectly hidden depression, just relationship issues, A lot of times people are not quite willing to ask questions directly, but you can send them to me at my email, AskDrMargaret at DrMargaretRutherford.com, and I'll put them in the group. But you can have access to me personally and ask questions of me and of the group. The way you get there is Facebook.com slash groups slash self-work. Facebook.com slash groups slash self-work. So I hope you'll join me there. Thank you for all the ratings and reviews. I'm almost reaching the 200 mark, which I said, I don't know, three or four episodes ago that I would love to meet, especially by my 100th episode. I've tried very hard not to get all hooked into those numbers, but they do mean that people are encouraging me to continue because I still see patients every week, quite a few of them actually, and I love doing the podcast. So I hope you'll leave a rating. And especially a written review because that tells me quite specific information about what you like or what you wish were different. And don't forget to send those questions in again to ask Dr. Margaret at drmargaretrutherford.com. You can jump on over to my website, which is drmargaretrutherford.com. You can subscribe there and get a newsletter every week with both this podcast and my weekly blog post. That's all I promise. <laughs> I'd love to have you there. But you can also subscribe just wherever you are. Thank you so much for being here. Take very good care. I'm Dr. Margaret. And this has been Self Work.